From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry, and for this edition, our topic is the U.S. military evacuation of refugees in Afghanistan, and I am highly honored and privileged to have as my guest for this edition, uh, Congressman on Joseph Gao of Louisiana. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, yes, uh, thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast. And uh, I uh, should uh, make sure our uh, listener knows uh, that uh, Congressman Gao is my former boss. I worked for Congressman Gao on Capitol Hill uh, back in uh, 2010. Uh, in fact, Congresswoman Gao uh, brought me to Washington for the first time. So disclaimer there. And Congressman, thank you for uh, bringing me to Washington, D.C., where I still reside. And uh, the reason uh, that we are uh, talking to Congressman Gao, former Congressman Gao of uh, Louisiana, is that uh, you have a remarkable background as, uh, first of all, the uh, first Vietnamese American ever elected to the United States Congress. But going back to uh, your childhood, when you were eight years old, you uh, uh, left Vietnam and came to America not knowing English. Uh, You had to learn English as a child. Uh, You went on to graduate from uh, Baylor University with a degree in physics, then uh, joined the Jesuits and uh, earned a master's in uh, philosophy, and then went on to law school after you left the Jesuits. Congressman Gao, um, tell me, uh, when you watch television right now, you see the scenes in Afghanistan of these refugees uh, making a beeline for the airport and trying to get out of country. Does this bring back memories of your childhood? Uh, Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I remember um, in early 1975, uh, my mother uh, came to me one day uh, and said, uh, and uh, you are going to uh, the United States uh, with your relatives. Um, and, of course, uh, at that time, I thought uh, we were simply to go on a trip and then eventually return. Um, and, uh, of course, my mother said that, well, you go ahead with your, uh, with your relatives, and then we will meet you uh, in the United States later on. Uh, of course, that did not happen until until 16 years later. Um, but to make the story short, uh, my relatives, my aunt, who now resides in Houston, uh, took me to uh, Tansania Airport. Um, and of course, we spent uh, several days there waiting to be airlifted uh, out of Vietnam. So seeing the images of... Uh, refugees uh, in Afghanistan running and, 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 and you know, fighting to, uh, to get on a plane uh, obviously reminds me of my own experience uh, in 1975 uh, trying to get out of Vietnam uh, after the uh, communist forces uh, defeated the, the South Forces of South Vietnam and took over the country. What was that like for you, Congressman Gal, when you were eight years old? and uh, uh, forced to become a refugee. What was that like? You must have been terrified. I, I, I was. Uh, in, in, in some ways, I guess 
I guess it's good to be young at 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 that time, uh, because um, because my mind was distracted by the desire to have fun. I was around uh, my cousins uh, who were about my age, and we played around in the airport. We played around bowling alleys uh, at Tanzania Airport. Uh, but eventually, uh, as the news uh, of Vietnam began, it began to uh, to be more clear, and uh, and realizing that I might not be able to see my parents and some of my siblings again, uh, then reality starts to set in, and I be uh, you know I became very homesick, and uh, and obviously. Um, was very distraught and 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 shocked uh, of what was happening uh, to me, and uh, of course fear of the of the uncertainty of the future, what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to my family, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so yes, um, it, it was. Uh, I, I went through a period of uh, of uh, depression for for quite some time, and I believe that I still. Uh, suffer some ramifications of that even even today. I'm sure. So uh, tell us the, um, the what you left. How did you leave Vietnam exactly? What was that trip like to America? And and where did you go? And, and where did you grow up in America? Um, as as I mentioned earlier, my uh, my aunt uh, took me with her family to Tansonet Airport. Uh, I believe we spent about uh, three days and three nights there, um, and we were airlifted by um, by a USC-130. Uh, it was the early morning, I believe. Uh, it was either of April the 27th or 28th. I can't remember exactly. We were airlifted, and after uh, we were airlifted out of Tanzania Airport, the, the airport was actually bombed by the communist forces. And news got out uh, to my parents that the three children that she sent with her relatives were killed. Oh my uh, goodness! By the bombing. Um, so, so my mother was was totally devastated uh, by the news. Um, we flew out of Tanzania Airport, and uh, we landed in Guam, um, and uh, we spent about a month in Guam while we were being processed uh, by the, I believe then it was either the the U.S. military or the U.S. Refugee Service, I can't remember which. Um, and we spent about a, a month there. And at that time, um, I, I hooked up with an uncle uh, who at that time was, was, was still single. So my aunt passed me over to my uncle. Uh, and then from there, um, okay, the Church of Vietnam, we, we left Saigon, we went to the Philippines, we spent, I think it was like a layover in the Philippines, and then we went to Guam. Mm-hmm. And then from Guam, I left with my uncle to, uh, to the refugee camp in uh, Fort Jaffe, Arkansas. Uh, and there, um, we stayed for about, I believe it was like uh, eight months, uh, waiting uh, to be sponsored um, by an American family 
so that we would be able to leave uh, the refugee camps. Okay, so you flew out of Vietnam on a C-130, similar to the planes they're flying the Afghan refugees out of uh, Kabul now, right? Yes, yes. And so uh, th- these are planes with limited number of seats, right? Did you have a seat or did you have to sit on the floor? No, we sat we sat on the floor. And, uh, and, and the flight, I remember the flight was so rough it, 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 that... Almost nearly everyone in the plane threw up. Oh <laughs> it was it, it was a it was a terrible, horrible, smelly condition, and we spent hours. And it was freezingly cold uh, in in the plane. Uh, there, there weren't enough blankets. Uh, everybody was crowded together on the floor. Uh, you know, it, people people got sick, and and it, it was it was a it was, it was an absolute nightmare. Uh, Wow. And I can still remember the smell, the stench of it. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm. So the the bombing that took place at the airport that you left in uh, Vietnam, did that take place while you were still at the airport, or did it take place after your plane had taken off? Well, while we were at the airport, uh, I remember hearing some explosions, but they were quite far away uh, after we left there was an actual bombing that actually hit the airport. Uh, so that's why my mother thought that uh, we were killed uh, by the bombing. But, of course, eventually she, she, she received news from my relatives after we arrived. I believe it was either Fort Jaffe uh, that everyone was, was fine, and which was quite a relief uh, for, for my mother. Oh, my goodness, I'm sure it was. So as an 8-year-old child, you arrive in Arkansas, uh, what was your initial impressions of this new land that you'd come to? Well, the the refugee camps were were not very comfortable. Uh, we were housed in those barracks uh, on bunk beds, and uh, there were several hundreds uh, uh, of people in the same building uh, in which I reside, and the conditions were not were not deplorable, but they were not very comfortable. And, um, and I remember very, very vividly uh, being, um, I guess there was a predator. I, I guess you can call it a predator who, he was a Vietnamese male, uh, an older, like in his early 20s, uh, trying to, you know, entice me into doing certain sexual things, which... I quickly uh, ran away from him and and told that to my uncle. I don't know eventually what happened to him, but but the conditions in the refugee camps there was a lack of security, especially for kids, um, and of course uh, the food was never was was, was never uh, was not very good. Uh, I remember uh, having some fun with some of the kids there playing in cord uh, in cardboard boxes. Uh, and uh, playing in the dirt, playing in the field. Uh, but uh, besides uh, those very brief moments of fun, it, it was just, um, uh, I guess, waiting. It, it was a waiting game, waiting to be sponsored and, and seeing people starting to started to leave uh, the refugee camps and then waiting for our turn, uh, which did not happen until around maybe six or seven months, eight months later. 
I'm talking to former Congressman On Joseph Gao of Louisiana. Uh, Congressman Gao was a uh, refugee from uh, Vietnam at the end of the uh, Vietnam War, and we're talking about his experience in the context of the current situation unfolding in Afghanistan where so many refugees are uh, trying to get out. Um, Congressman Gao, did you feel like uh, the United States welcomed you, or was it uh, uh, not, not, not such a welcoming reception that you got? What, what, what's your memory of that? Well, uh, I, guess, I guess the refugee camps um, did not uh, bring a, a very positive memory uh, of the experience. Um, but uh, we were sponsored by uh, this elderly couple, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Harold Schrock of Goshen, Indiana. Um, and I believe at that time they were maybe in their mid-50s to late-50s. Uh, and they brought us back to, uh, to Goshen. And they were a wonderful couple. I mean, I... I was just amazed uh, at their generosity. I was amazed um, at their willingness to do whatever they could uh, to help us resettle in the United States. They um, they placed us in an apartment uh, where my uncle and I resided for about four years. They enrolled me into primary school. Uh, They drove me to school until... um, I was confident enough to ride uh, in the bus by myself. Um, so, so my actual experience of America after the refugee camp was a very inviting, uh, a very friendly, very loving uh, atmosphere. Uh, and I still, I you know, I, I eventually call. Mr. And, 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 and Mrs. Harris Schrock, my mamu and papu, which <laughs> are terms of endearment that all their grandchildren call them, like grand, grandmother and grandfather. I, I, I call them that. Um, are they still living? And, uh, no, no. They, uh, uh, mamu passed away. Um, she eventually suffered from Alzheimer's, and uh, she passed away maybe about 20 uh, 20 or 30 years ago. And then mm-hmm. Papu, he, he recently passed away maybe about 10 years ago. I see. Uh, tell me about your Catholic faith and how that uh, sustained you during this period. I, I, I can only imagine how difficult it must have been for an eight-year-old to come to a strange land, not knowing the language, and have to start from scratch without parents. Uh, how did your Catholic faith sustain you in those times? Well, I... Uh, I was raised uh, in a very uh, religious family. Actually, when I was young, even at the age of eight or nine, um, my aspirations in life was to eventually become a Catholic priest. Um, So at that time, um, of course, I prayed, and I prayed very simply the rosary. Uh, um, I remember um, whenever I I, I visited my grandmother, uh, who was living with another uncle of mine in Florida, uh, she and I would sit and recite the rosary for hours. Of course, at that time, I did not fully understand the value of it, but as I grow up, I, I realized that the rosary eventually became uh, a center part of my life, and I still recite the rosary even now when 
when I have time or when I need uh, a sense of of comfort. It's almost like a a security blanket for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always fall back on it uh, whenever I need security, whenever I need comfort, whenever I need some sort of uh, consolation. So yes, uh, the Catholic faith uh, uh, tremendously uh, provided me the will and the strength to uh, to survive uh, and to adapt to the new culture, to be able to endure uh, the loneliness uh, that was uh, the first uh, 18 years of my life uh, after I, I left Vietnam. And so uh, you uh, you grew up in where, Indiana? Yes, I, we, we, uh, we lived in Indiana from, from 1975 uh, to 1979. Uh, in 1979, my uncle married, and then uh, he and his new wife uh, and I, along with then uh, the oldest daughter, uh, moved down to uh, Starkville, Mississippi, where we've lived uh, for a year. Uh, and then afterwards, in I believe it was uh, late 1980 or early 1981, we eventually uh, moved to Houston where I attended middle school, high school, uh, and graduated high school in Houston. And did well enough to be accepted at Baylor in the physics program. Yes, yes. I, I, I've always been a very good student. Um, but I was very fortunate uh, to be able to, to come to the United States at such a young age uh, and be able to learn English because, as you know, as, as a person grows older, it gets harder and harder for the person uh, to learn a new language. So I was fortunate enough to come at quite a young age to be able to to learn the language and to easily uh, adapt to a new culture, to a new society. So yes, I, 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 I did quite well. So you uh, go to Baylor. You still haven't seen your parents, right? Well, my, my parents eventually, as, 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 as you probably know, Taylor, my, my father... After the war, he was uh, he was imprisoned by the communist forces because he was an officer in the South Vietnamese Army, correct? That's, that that is correct, uh, and he spent uh, I believe it was like almost seven years uh, in the in the communist uh, what they call re-education camps, but they were like but they were like labor camps, um, and 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 of course. Uh, after he was released, uh, there was a program which was called the HO program, uh, implemented by the U.S. government to resettle uh, former South Vietnamese military officers who were uh, imprisoned in the re-education camps three or more years. So uh, my father enrolled into the program, and he was able to bring along with him my mother and two of my sisters uh, over to the United States in 1991. Um, the summer of 1991, uh, at that time, I, I already graduated from Baylor with a degree in physics and, and was already uh, a seminarian in the Society of Jesus. So I was able to, uh, to meet them uh, at the airport, uh, stay with them for, for a week or so, and then return uh, to the uh, to the Society of Jesus. After that, 
Congressman Gal, what was that reunion like when you saw your parents for the first time in 16 years? Um, I guess, I, reflecting back, of, of course, I of course I was happy uh, to be able to see them again, but there was a sense of uh, emotional confusion in in me um, because I've been away from them for such a long time. And uh, being away from them for 16 years since I was eight, not really knowing my father all my life. Uh, And, of course, I just have only memories and images of my mother. It was difficult for me to approach them and to be able to to say anything to them. I I, I saw them at the airport. I smile uh, and I hug them. and of course, you know, all all through that time, I was trying to sort out uh, this uh, emotion roller coaster that I was experiencing inside of me. Uh, eventually, that you know, itself, a couple of days later, that emotional roller coaster sort of subsided, and I was able to sit down with my with my two sisters to talk to them and to to talk to my mother and a little bit to 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 my father uh but of course but of course i was happy but most of the time i was spending that time trying to sort out uh this emotional conflict that i was uh, that, that that i was experiencing at the time i know your folks were glad to see you which airport did this take place at i um i believe it was the airport in houston they um they flew from Vietnam to California and then eventually uh, landed in Houston, where I met them in Houston. Got it. Well, um, so tell me what's going through your mind right now when you see the images on the news coming out of Afghanistan. Uh, what can, can you relate to, to those people? And, uh, you know, if so, on what level? What, you know, what's going on in your heart and your mind when you see these images? Of course, uh, Seeing the refugees in Afghanistan now, um, my heart really goes out to them uh, because, of course, I was there. I've lived uh, the experience that they are living through right now, and 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 I hope that uh, we, as a country, uh, will do something uh, to to help these uh, these refugees. Uh, and if those uh, and if uh, many of those are are like. Uh, or like I am, uh, eventually uh, we will contribute and give back uh, to the society that has been uh, so generous to us. Um, so yes, I, I I hope that we as a nation uh, open our hearts to to these people and to welcome them uh, like the United States welcomed me uh, back in 1975. I should mention for our uh, listener who is not familiar with your um, extraordinary career, Congressman Gao, that uh, Congressman Gao is something of a legend down in New Orleans in southeast Louisiana in that uh, uh, he uh, ran uh, as a Republican in a um, highly Democratic district and uh, uh, succeeded a congressman who was in – legal trouble, uh, and uh, had unfortunately gained a reputation for uh, corruption. And uh, your legacy, or at least part of your legacy, Congressman Gow, is that you came into the 
uh, uh, congressional seat, the second district of Louisiana, and uh, reestablished uh, integrity, and uh, you know brought uh, brought the uh, brought the office uh, back to the uh, you know respectable ways uh, after it had been uh, corrupted for for many years by the previous office holder. Uh, so, um, what is your uh, p- political? I know you're practicing law in uh, uh, Louisiana. Uh, what, what are your uh, political uh, uh, ambitions, plans? Are, are you uh, content to, to stay in the private life, or are you looking maybe to get back in the public life at some point? Uh, at this point in time, uh, of course, I Taylor, you, you you probably did not know, but I have a son now. Uh, who is only two and a half years old. Congratulations. I knew you had two girls, but uh, congratulations. Right. I didn't know you had a son. Congratulations. Right. I, I just dropped off my oldest daughter uh, at UT uh, Austin uh, this past weekend, so I'm uh, feeling a little bit down uh, right now. And then my uh, my other daughter, Betsy, will be leaving to college uh, next year. So I'm very grateful to have a son who's only two and a half years old. He keeps me young and, uh, and, and grounded. So at this point in time, um, he is my main focus right now. But eventually, yes, I've, um, I've really enjoyed my time in Congress. And eventually, I, I, I hope to go back into the public life and, uh, again, to be able to do something uh, to give back uh, to, to this society that's, that has given me so much. I've been talking to former Congressman An Joseph Gao of New Orleans. Uh, Congressman Gao came to the United States at the age of eight from South Vietnam, uh, South Vietnam as a refugee. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the um, U.S. military operation to uh, evacuate refugees from Afghanistan, uh, scenes that uh, Congressman Gao can relate to with his own experience. Uh, I'm, I'm still awestruck, Congressman Gal, by uh, what you have been able to achieve to come to this uh, country at, the, at a young age without parents, at the age of eight years old, to learn English, uh, earn a degree in physics from Baylor, uh, to uh, do your, you, you did what, two, three years with the Jesuits? You were in the Jesuits for six years, and you got a uh, master's in philosophy there. Then you went on to get your law degree in uh, practicing law now in uh, where, Harvey, Louisiana, just outside New Orleans? That is correct. Um, Thank you so much for talking to me. Is there any parting uh, words you would like to leave us with? uh, Any thoughts about what's going on right now in Afghanistan besides what we've already talked about? Uh, Again, this country uh, was built um, by by refugees, by people from all nations uh, around the world. That's why America uh, is called the melting pot. Uh, and I hope that um, we, as a country, can continue our sense of generosity, our love for our fellow man, and to open our hearts, open our arms to these uh, suffering people, to invite them into our country, our society, and, uh, and to give them a new home, to give them a new future, to give them hope that, um, that life can be good, and it can be good here uh, in the United States. So um, that would be my, uh, my request uh, 
uh, to this country that I truly dearly love. Former Congressman An Joseph Gao of Louisiana, thank you again so much for talking to me. Uh, thank you, Taylor. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.